Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. At Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you, working out of the home office today. Brendan's at the 630 Chad Studios. Oilers now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, we're going to head off momentarily to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We will tell you you can text us on our Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan Escott. It's a big part of the show back at the 630 Chad Studios. Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Lance Lizelski from the Buffalo News and Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. In the next hour, tomorrow, we will tell you the true remendable. Join us, uh, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. And we have a special guest as well coming up at 1215. But I'm not going to tell you till 11 o'clock tomorrow. But it's a good guest, trust me. So is our next guest. He's a uh, rising star. You know, already quickly earned himself a reputation for being one of the best beat guys in the league. After only a couple of years, he's a grinder. Lance Lizelski. Am I pronouncing that right, Lance? Am I nailing that? Please tell me I am. How you, you doing? Nailed, you nailed it, Bob. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good to always talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you, tell me this. Uh, you've been on this Sabres beat the last couple of seasons. You've seen a lot of things. Uh, Ralph Kruger comes in there. The, the Sabres were having a better season, though not a playoff caliber season. Uh, Jack Eichel took a huge step forward, but did you envision that you would be writing in free agency about the imminent arrival of one Taylor Hall? I did not whatsoever. But you know what? When you look back at it, they had a very strong relationship with Edmonton. You know this, Bob. Taylor Hall said it in the conference call following the signing that Ralph Kruger got the most out of him any coach he's played for. He stacked that 2012-13 season up against his MVP year with New Jersey Devils. This is an opportunity to play with Jack Eichel, and it really does 
it shows this fan base that the franchise cares that they're willing to go the extra mile, but this doesn't get done without Ralph Kruger. And Taylor Hall, he, he watched the Sabres play under Ralph Kruger last year. He noticed the improvement, and he, he thinks they can win here. And a lot of people are questioning why he's coming here. He thinks that Buffalo has a legitimate chance to be a playoff team. Uh, how did it play in, in, in the Buffalo market? Are the fans generally excited that Hall signed there for a one-year deal? They are. They're, they're ecstatic. And it came on a week where people were disappointed. People are frustrated. Over the years, it's been failed trades. Ryan O'Reilly, most notably. It's yep. been bad free agent signings. And people were upset last week that Johan Larson was let go and they replaced oh, him with wow. Cody Eakin. This is a, a, a fan base that pays attention to analytics. They pay attention to the team. And another another GM fired. Uh, Ralph Kruger is another head coach. So this this is optimism. And it shows that, hey, potentially Jack Eichel may, might not be as frustrated as everybody made him out to be. You know, it's funny, Lance, you mentioned the Johan Larson, Cody Eakin thing because there was a guy in Edmonton by the name of Darcy McLeod. Uh, I've known him for years. Uh, he goes by Wood Guy on Twitter, and he wrote a series of in-depth, analytics-driven uh, perspectives on third-line centers. And he said the biggest bargain out there was going to be Johan Larson, that Larson was a, a pretty good player that played against, and, and part of it's quality of competition in terms of the analytics that Darcy deploys, and uh, and that Cody Eakin was a guy who was a little bit overrated based on his reputation in terms of what he actually accomplishes. So I, 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 I was surprised at the Buffalo fan base because they brought Gergensons back and he wasn't cheap, but I, I didn't realize that the Buffalo fan base was a little bit exasperated with the fact that they didn't retain Johan Larson's services. That's interesting to me. So wasn't aware that that had occurred here. So they kind of are quiet in free agency, and then, boom, they get Hall. So then you start digging because you're going to write a couple stories about uh, Taylor Hall, and, and obviously it's got to be focused on Ralph Gerger. What was sort of the, cons the, the consistent themes when you did your calling around the league, Lance, uh, in terms of the information that you got on Hall and on Kruger? A lot of it was the relationship there, and just it's, it's Kruger's positivity. I mean, Taylor Hall said it himself that Ralph Kruger's approach is, is the type that's going to resonate with young players the best nowadays. Young athletes, they don't want that old-school yelling mentality. They want optimism. They want positivity. They want to show up to the rink and, and have fun. They want to enjoy themselves. Yeah, they're going to be professionals. They're going to take their craft seriously. They're going to work hard. Taylor Holt's done that his entire career. But it also requires that that ability to know when you can push a guy and when you need to be a little bit more gentle, when you need to, to really, you know, Boost, you know, boost his confidence a little bit. Say the right thing. Uh, Ralph Kruger is a guy who holds people accountable, but he does it in a way that doesn't maybe embarrass a guy in front of the rest of the team. That doesn't fly anymore. And you saw what it did for, for Taylor Hall. And I think another piece of this is just it's the system for, for Taylor Hall. He goes to Arizona. He saw that it's a defensive team that's really struggling to score goals. He wanted an opportunity to really show what he's capable of, particularly at 5-on-5. Five five. When Taylor Hall is healthy, he's one of the best 5-on-5 five five wingers in the National Hockey League, no question about it. And there's a lot of talk that, okay, what's this gonna, guy going to do playing with Jack Eichel? But it's a perfect skill set, and this system is one that Taylor Hall knows very well. It's one he knows he can produce in, and a lot of it is trust. And it's a guy trying to prove people wrong, who I think have wrote him off the last two seasons because of the knee injury and then coming back from the injury. So it's... The stars really aligned here for the Sabres to land. What's 
absolutely the top free agent signing in franchise history. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. They had Jeff Skinner there, um, and he hit the home run both literally and figuratively. He, he cashed in on the ice, and then he cashed in off the ice. What's the perception of that long-term deal? I think it starts, Lance, does it not start at a nine, as in nine million per year? Yeah, the, the cap hit is nine. He's actually making ten million this year. Most of that was paid Oof. through a signing bonus. The fan ba- the fan base is upset. They, they, as much as they wanted Jeff Skinner to stay when he was approaching unrestricted free agency, now there's buyer's remorse a little bit. I think a lot of the fan base forgets though that this is a guy who's been one of the top five on five goal scorers since he was drafted out of Carolina, and a lot of that production came with while playing without an elite center. I know that. There might be the perception out there that the 40-goal season was the direct result of playing with Jack Eichel. But this is a guy who's produced one put in a position to succeed. And the one failure of Jason Botterill's tenure was the inability to find a second-line center after trading Ryan O'Reilly. He goes to Marcus Johansson, who was not a center whatsoever for several years, tried to force Casey Middlestad in a prominent role. And last season, the one thing I do disagree with Ralph Kruger on is the resistance to lift Johan Larson into a more prominent role. Larson, when playing with Skinner, those two were outstanding together in a short sample size. So I think now with the Sabres having Eric Stahl, a guy who's very good holding the puck down low, who can create can create space, can, can draw attention, can find Jeff Skinner, just get the puck on net so Skinner can score goals in the dirty areas. I think this is a huge boost for him, and I would look for those two to probably skate on that second line with Dylan Cousins, which is a really intriguing second group to play behind Hall, Eichel, and probably Sam Reinhardt. We're joined by Lance Lysowski out of uh, Buffalo with the Buffalo News. We're shuffling off the Buffalo Bob Stoffer with you to Oilers now. Skinner, by the way, a four-time 30-goal scorer. He had the 40 goals in 18-19 and then just 14 and 59 games this past year. Went minus 22. And that's the thing about Skinner. I mean, he goes up and down. He, it's It's been crazy during the course of his career. He's been one thing, consistently inconsistent, but he can he can skate and he can shoot the pelt as well. So the Kruger effect in the first year, did you see it with the team? Like, did you see some progression and growth there? Yeah, absolutely. And particularly defensively, this team needed to develop better habits away from the puck. Phil Housley, when he was the coach, it was it was a man-to-man system in the defensive zone, and the Sabres were a total train wreck. They developed bad habits. I think that naturally, with as much skill on this team, these guys are going to cheat. You know, Jack Eichel was, was cheat, you know, cheating offensively. You know, they're gripping the stick a little bit to try to score goals when they're struggling at five-on-five. Ralph Kruger fixed the Sabres five-on-five game. He allowed, well, he really drilled in some really good habits with guys like Jack Eichel, with Rasmus Dahlin. So there's a really good foundation there. The next step is to fix the special teams. They need to get better on the penalty kill, rank 30th out of 31. That's all about being better in the face-off dot and having a better save percentage from your goaltending, which is another weakness that this team has yet to address. The power play should receive a boost from Taylor Hall, although I know that's not his greatest strength. But really, they need to get that second unit going. Now that they have stalled, they can have Skinner playing with an actual center on that second power play unit. And they finally have a group that I think that now that, you know, Zach Bogosian's gone, now that Evan Rodriguez is gone, you have a group in that locker room now who really is all in on what Ralph Kruger is bringing to the table. The message, the 5-on-5 game, the system. I think now that a year in, especially now that Rasmus Dahlin's ready to take on that bigger role, you would think that there's a really good chance there for this team to take next step. My biggest concern, or at least when you look at the roster and what they've done up to this point, is are they going to be able to keep the puck out of their own net? Now, Ralph Kruger's system will help them in that regard, but 
some of the personnel moves or lack thereof really raises some questions. So you're saying they're not good enough in goal. That's what you're saying. They are. Alinas Allmark was good at even strength last year, but if you look at the analytics, he really benefited from poor shot quality because that's Ralph Kruger's system. He, he, he had his players keep teams to the perimeter, but when you're on the penalty kill and you're facing a little bit more high-danger chances, Linus Allmark was a disaster. His technique completely slips away. When it comes to those situations, high-danger chances, they do have Mike Bales, one of the best goalie coaches, in the National Hockey League, arguably, it's a position they need to add, but they're going to have trouble doing it. They're running out of cap space, and they have three guys going to salary arbitration in the next two weeks that could eat up the rest of their space. Linus Allmark, Sam Reiner, and Victor Olson. Yeah, I want to just hit on uh, Reinhardt in particular. I mean, the I, I've got the or cap friendly. has got Buffalo at $68 million. Um, what do you think Reinhardt gets? Are we talking five-something? I think you're around six. Uh, based when you measure him up against players with similar production, you're looking at about eight percent of the salary cap. That's usually what I look at is how much a guy's going to eat up, you know, because it, it can obviously fluctuate from year to year given what the ceiling is. You're looking at six, and yeah, that's good for now. I think this isn't a guy that I would commit long term to quite yet. You just drafted Jack Quinn, Reiner. I don't really see him as being that strong enough defensively, and considering the other pieces on your roster and the potential financial commitment you're going to have to make to Rasmus Dahlin. And possibly Taylor Hall, if Hall is serious about staying long-term, if this works out. I don't know if, if Sam really fits into the long-term plans. This is a big year for him and Ralph Kruger's system and see how it fits. Kevin Adams got uh, promoted to being general manager. Uh, they had a couple rookie GMs in a row, uh, Tim Murray. And then you obviously already mentioned uh, Botterill. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. Are, are, they, are, are things happening at the right time for the Buffalo Sabres because it looks like the Buffalo Bills, which are owned by the Pagulas as well, uh, the Bills have stepped forward as an organization. Look like they got a pretty good team this year. I think the one thing that has gone wrong with the Sabres is that Terry and Kim Pagula have sort of tried to get too involved in hockey at times. And, you know, a lot of it is they're bringing on people from outside the organization, and they want to have more closer eye on, okay, how are you running things? How much money you're spending? What are we doing here? They trust Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams was an integral part in them building Lee Calm Harbor Center, which is, of course, the big facility where the Sabres practice right next to the arena. They trust this guy, and they trust Ralph Kruger. And I think that although there are questions in terms of the lack of experience on Adams hockey operations staff and the fact that they are operating with basically a skeleton staff right now, he is benefiting from Ralph Kruger, who has an eye for talent and experience of building teams and who's an incredible salesman. He knows how to get guys to buy into a message. He didn't frame see last year with Marcus Johansson. He did it this year with guys like Taylor Hall, Toby Reeder, and Cody Eakin. So I think that right now they've got a really good synergy going on. And that hockey operations department with Kruger involved. And I do really like Kevin Adams. knows the game well. It's just, okay, how much are they going to use analytics because they, they do need to do that, and they obviously overlooked a few of those numbers when they decided to not keep Johan Larson. So I have questions, but I do feel that despite all the turmoil, they are in a very nice spot at the moment. It's, it's interesting you talk about the salesman ability of Kruger. People in Edmonton forget Ralph Kruger helped sell Justin Schultz on coming to Edmonton. Paul Coffey played a factor in that. The Oilers had Hall and Nugent Hopkins and Everly. 
But Justin Schultz chose Edmonton over 30, you know, 29 other situations at that time. And uh, that was a major coup. That was one of the first times that occurred in Edmonton. And I think the same goes for Hall. I mean, that is an atypical signing for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Lance, we appreciate your time. We're going to check in once in a while during the course of the season with you, okay? Thanks, Bob. Hey, appreciate the kind words as well. Take care. Thanks All for right, that's... Absolutely. That's Lance Lichowski, who is a writer for the Buffalo News, and he works it, and he's on it. And uh, I know I was having this conversation with Frank Saravelli a couple of weeks ago. This guy's a, a guy to keep an eye on. He's uh, Mike Russo is a guy that for years was a dominant beat writer uh, out of the States, and it's you got to want to grind, and you got to want to work. So interesting to watch. And with Kruger, I, I, you know, it's funny. I think for most of the fans at Edmonton, they think highly of Ralph. They're glad Ralph's got a second opportunity. Uh, Dallas Aikens, frankly, is a different coach now than he was at Edmonton. It's kind of ironic. Bob Murray, uh, after the season was over in Anaheim, talking about the fact that uh, maybe they needed to be a little bit firmer with some of the younger players. No one would accuse that of being the case for Dallas when he was in Edmonton. Uh, and I think Dallas backed off the gas pedal a bit, and I think Lance hit on something. It is a different era in terms of communication. The days of breaking people down and then building them up are over. Uh, it's about positive reinforcement. And uh, Buffalo's, there, there's a lot of parallels, obviously, between Buffalo and Edmonton. That's a given. And so I kind of watch what's going on there. And I'm going to be intrigued to see how Taylor Hall does. And I'm going to be intrigued to see how Ralph does. And Buffalo's got a lot of defensemen. And I wonder if that might be ultimately part of the play for a goaltender. Like, they've got, just on the right side alone, they got Ristolainen. Colin Miller's a right shot. Uh, who's the guy that I got from Chicago for Nylander? Uh, Yoki Haru. Uh, Henry, he played in Portland. And there's one other guy that I, they just, oh, um, the defenseman used to be in Anaheim, Brandon Montour. And Montour is a pending uh, UFA. Speaking of pending UFAs, we've had a couple questions about what happens if, worst case scenario, there's no season. What happens to the contracts for this upcoming season? We'll discuss that. When we come back on Oilers Now, it's 122 in Edmonton. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Twenty-three in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. I love it when we get trolls texting the show. Bob, Buffalo needs better scouting because Hall is a terrible signing. That believe, but uh, okay, he says Buffalo needs better scouting because Taylor Hall is a terrible signing. But at least they saved us from getting him. Yeah, for the texter out there who's obviously a Taylor Hall hater, I, I would suggest you there were 20 to 25 teams in the league that if they could have, actually there would be more than that, uh, that if they could have, he got calls from 25 different teams. Man, what, what can you say? Yeah, I know. You got a you got a friend of a second cousin who knows a guy who knows a guy who lives in a basement who knows another guy. There you go. In Texas at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oh, it's funny, funny stuff. Uh, Brian says on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, "I'm excited about our pick, Dylan Holloway. If anybody is a prototype to Mark Messier, built like a tank, skating ability, AJHL might be reaching." 
but he's one pick that's got me really interested from Brian S. I, I would say, Brian, it would be a tad premature to suggest that Dylan Holloway is the modern-day incarnation of Mark Messier. Okay. Mark Messier, even when he was in junior A, was a nasty player. Holloway is perhaps physical by today's standards. And again, I saw him play, and I'd forgotten about it during the Holinka Gretzky uh, a couple of years ago. But and that said, Mark Messier was not, his first couple of years, a person that people believed was going to be an all world player. You know, his first year he'd won 10 and 11, or, you know, won 10 and what was it, one ten and 11, playing for uh, Cincinnati after Indianapolis folded. Or was it, yeah, it was Indianapolis folded. He went to Cincinnati. I remember he beat up Dennis Sobchak. And Dennis was a man at that point. Mark was still a kid. Like, Mark was 17, turning 18. I don't know if Dylan's got that kind of game going. Uh, Bob, here we go. Uh, you said Buffalo and Edmonton are comparable. They are tied with four playoff series, one in their past 15 years. But Buffalo's only had one number one pick, not four. Well, uh, uh, there we go. Bob, how come there is complete silence on the Connor status with COVID from John T? I, I don't, what, what do you want me to say? I mean, holy conspiracy theorist, man. Really, John? Like, seriously. Um, I just, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I know that there's 1.1 million Albertans that have been tested for COVID. And uh, people can get it. And I don't, to be honest with you, is that something that people update? I mean, I don't even, I don't even know. The orders, the orders put it out there just to, you know, they got ahead of it. But they said at that time he was doing fine. And that's, uh, we'd leave it at that stage. So, and again, I'm very, this this whole thing with COVID is a very interesting thing. Like when people quote weekend totals, they should probably quote the amount of tests that are done as well. Just food for thought in regards to COVID because sometimes it puts things in perspective. And that said, what's happened in the United States has been not good in any way, shape or form. And what happened initially in Quebec and Ontario was not great initially and i know there's a lot more positive cases here over the last month and a half but there have been a hell of a lot more tests done in the province of alberta as well a lot of tests done i don't even want to get into that discussion all right uh i teased you a bit in terms of hey what happens if we don't have a season in 2021 and that is a possibility i'm just, you have to be pragmatic what happens to the contracts what happens to guys that are in the last year, like, do the contracts, do they automatically expire? Or does everybody get a contract do-over? You know, like Buffalo Sign Hall, one-year deal, eight million bucks. Would they, in theory, get them for 21-22? And the contractor would kick forward. And to be honest with you, at this stage, what I'm led to believe is that we are in unchartered territories. Nobody knows, like logic would dictate, well, if the, the contract expires, the contract expires. But I'm not sure that's the case. And I have done a little bit of digging at both the club level and on the agency side. And there is a lot of ambiguity there. You can text us at 780-496-0063. 
Stephen from BC says, Bob, excellent interview with Lance. And in case you're wondering, no, I don't eat cheesies and watch cartoons. From Steve in BC. Uh, Bob, must be a full moon. All the idiots are trolling you. Oh, there's only a couple. It's only been a couple. Uh, IMAX said, Mark Messier beat up one of his own teammates in St. Albert for not passing to him, and it wasn't in practice from IMAC. IMAC, I've never heard that story about Mark Messier, but I know that he could uh, instill a fear of God in you just by staring at you. We all know that. Uh, I would suggest that comparing Dylan Holloway at this stage I, I get what he's saying. A guy out of the AGHL that's fast and that can skate. But Mark Messier was playing pro hockey by the time that he was 17. Dylan Holloway may not play pro hockey until he's 20 or 21. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, he's the eclectic wonder himself. Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.